0: everybody. Hi. Hey. Hi. How are you? It's me. It's me, Jeff. You know, from podcasts and comedy and stuff. It's me, Jeff May. And uh, welcome to another episode of Jeff Has Cool Friends. I am Jeff and I have cool friends. And this cool friend, I'm so, so, so excited to have her back. She was on the previous show relatively early. One of my favorite people in the world. One of the most talented writers on the planet. You have absolutely enjoyed a lot of the stuff that she has made uh ladies and gentlemen jen muro jen hi
1: hello how are you
0: oh i'm great i'm so excited to have you back i i have missed you on the show
1: yeah it's it's lots happened so i i I think we should talk
0: yes because last time you said you you had some things that you you couldn't talk about which is i'd say in television one of the hardest things to do, I'm going to guess, is working on so many cool things and then not being able to talk about them, especially in animation.
1: Yes, Cause absolutely. Because
0: things must take forever.
1: NDAs, contracts, and yes, because animation takes a lot longer. It's like, oh, yeah, I did that two years ago. <laughs> and, uh, it's- and yeah, it's... Are You're always living in the past or the future. You're never really living in the present when it comes
0: to that. And most recently, uh, a thing that you had sort of, you didn't, you hinted a little bit, but you didn't say anything out loud because you obviously couldn't. Um, but you said you had really big things coming from a property that you are really excited to be working on. It turns out that that was Critical Role, Vox Machina, which yes. has just been released. Uh, you know, it just started being released. I mean, it's, it's as of publication of this, episode. And as of recording, we are in the middle of season one, which you worked on.
1: I did indeed. Yes. Um, I've known the guys for a very long time and we did the Kickstarter and everything, uh, exploded into $11 million. And then everyone went, Oh, what's this? And then Amazon got involved and Tim mouse was already attached. And then it got bigger and we got more writers and we got more runners and we did the whole thing and it's off and running. And now it's finally, and you know, the the pandemic did slow things down in terms of delivery, but we're finally here.
0: It sounds to me like there were a lot of cooks in the kitchen there. Yes. Was that a benefit to getting, you know, on many hands, making the burden light? Or do you find that that having that many people involved, wonderful people, of course, you know, uh, but does that sort of hinder the process or does that um, build upon the process by sort of being able to allow more people to sort of lift up and produce?
1: I think there were bumps in the road in the beginning, just for like any new endeavor. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think, I think things smoothed out. I think things had to be figured out and, and, and maneuvered to go, Oh, okay, this is new. Now, how do we do this part? And so once all the pieces fell into place, it became a smooth machine. So, um, I, th- I, th- I, think it's going along great and it looks amazing. It does. Yes. It's, and it's turned out great. <laughs> I'm very proud of
0: it. It's funny because, uh, the critical role was something that um, my fans kept trying to get me to enjoy and I'm sure I would enjoy it. I just never had the time. Right. Um, and then, uh, this show comes out and of course i know that you work on it and so i'm like well now i (laughs) something jen did i have to watch it that's just that's just the rule um and i watched it and i really enjoyed it 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 is for lack of a better term it's like watching the old dungeons and dragons cartoon but with cursing and comedy
1: and gorgeousness and and, then good animation yeah well Uh, sure you know, um, yes, it really is a dream come true because I played D&D when I was a teenager. And when I was a kid, that was one of my favorite shows, the original uh, Dungeons and Dragons. And so like if there's a wish list, that's definitely on my wish list of things I want to write. Like there's a few things I haven't written yet in the business I'd like to, but they're really getting checked off more and more and more.
0: You really are jumping ahead of this interview because that is literally one of my questions. Okay. It's, okay, so let's do that then because you have there are other properties that you've worked on. And so I'll, I'll let people know out of the way, you know, Star Wars, you've worked Marvel, you've worked DC, Star Trek. Uh, now we know because we're going to get it. We're going to go deep into that with uh, Star Trek Prodigy. What properties that you have not yet worked on? Do you really want to work on?
1: Yeah, there, there's there's two I've come to the conclusion I probably won't get to write on, which is Futurama and The Simpsons, because it's a certain muscle that, I, I have that muscle, but I, I, I write so much action, I can't imagine them going, hey, let's get Jenna Muir to do Futurama, although it is a lot of sci-fi, so yes, Futurama would be my dream, and The Simpsons would be my dream, and there's probably like a few others that I'm forgetting, like I mean, Indiana Jones would be great if it existed. It doesn't right yeah. now. So, yeah, that would be fantastic. But there's um,
0: lots of stuff didn't exist until it right. does. So
1: that's what I'm saying. Right. So, Futurama and The Simpsons are the first things that pop in my head because they are the bones of why I have the comedy I have. And that and Golden Girls, but that's that's not
0: yeah. existing That seems to me like if you were to get Futurama, you would also be able to get The Simpsons or vice versa. Like, it seems like when when they're they're that tied together.
1: Yeah, Um, it's it's in my DNA. And so that would be a dream come true.
0: Would the challenge of pivoting from action to like that sort of peppering of of comedy like that muscle? Because you said it's a different muscle to flags.
1: Well, it's a different muscle. I mean, not for me, because I flex, I, I started in comedy. I did mostly comedy up until 2015. So no, it's, it's. but I don't know. I, I haven't flexed it on screen. So I, I thought they'd be like, ah, she doesn't do that. So we can't, a good sample really helps that. A good comedy sample really helps that. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I flex it a lot. And actually, if you saw The Legend of Vox Machina, there was a lot of comedy in that episode um, that you can kind of- Mm-hmm. Peppered
0: in there. It, it does have um it does have that sort of that modern animated comedy that like edged comedy to it um it is uh hilarious like the the sexuality in that show is very funny the yeah. way they the way they play it out there and and the the tension is usually resolved in a very clever ways they cover all of the archetypes very well And these are also these are also characters that have been established by this previous existence of Critical Role.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, and these are funny guys. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, we're just tapping into that. It was always going to be an action comedy in a lot of ways. Now, there's serious drama in this and even more is coming. Some dark, dark stuff is coming. But just like the online game that they've been playing Mm -hmm. forever, there's there's so much comedy in it. So I I miss flexing that. It's been a bit and I, I love that. And, and, and actually, actually Prodigy gets, lets me do that as well. But, um,
0: yeah, there is a, a harshness to the violence that okay. I've noticed in this, where I was watching it and there's, there was one scene that, that really got to me and it was later on, cause I had been watching for a while and I was like, oh yeah, this is harsh. And then there was one scene that had, um, to put for lack of a better term, had real attack on Titan energy. Uh, which was like a, a, a grisly violent situation. Yes. And I was watching it and I was like, Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, there's like an anime, there's a hint of an anime influence when it comes to stuff like that in, in Vox Machina. It,
0: it doesn't take the Western viewpoint of avoiding the, the right. visual violence on there, which I yeah. think really does. So you're you're like, you're edging this, this stress and either it is relieved through comedy or it's mm-hmm. heightened through that violence and drama. Yeah. And that's such an, a fine edge. It's fascinating to me and definitely something that was, you know, previously a blind spot to me. So I am coming in very blind to this show.
1: Which I'm glad in a way, because it'll give you an interesting perspective that I don't get that often from people.
0: Yeah. I I, I do think that's really cool. And I, I am very excited about that. You also worked on star Trek prodigy since we left which yeah. is this very interesting and different pocket of star Trek, something that we haven't really seen before. So right. for those that are, are listening that might not be familiar with star Trek prodigy, what is this section of the universe?
1: I mean, star Trek prodigy is one of the first other than the one from, I think it's the seventies, um,
0: 1974. I
1: want to yeah, say yeah, um, it, that's animated and it, it's, it's, technically for kids but it's not it's all family that's like saying jumanji welcome to the jungles only for kids like everyone can watch
0: that that movie
1: i know it's such a great movie i use that as an example a lot because it is kind of one of those perfect movies like that so it's deep in canon of of regular star trek i mean captain janeway's in it hologram captain janeway's in it and it is technically nickelodeon but it's on paramount plus with everything else and there's deep lore and there's deep tech and there's a history that's steeped in there, but it's a good, it's a gateway, it's a gateway show for adult Star Trek fans to bring their kids in.
0: That, that it is interesting. Yeah. I saw a very interesting, uh, summarization, I guess, not of the show, but of the energy of the show. And it was, uh, what if star Wars characters woke up in star Trek was oh, the way right? it was described. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'm not as deeply rooted in star Trek as you are star Trek is in your veins.
1: Yes, it is. It, I, it, yes, I am 50% Bourbon, 50% Star Trek.
0: And I'm just now, I'm starting Deep Space Nine. Oh. With the understanding that I'm aware that Deep Space Nine is considered the greatest Star Trek series of all time.
1: Is that, that's interesting. I mean, I there's so many takes on that. But yes, I'm a huge fan. So yeah. I'm not going to argue with that. I'm a TNG person, but I mean.
0: After my third TNG rewatch, I was like, I think it's time.
1: Okay. I'm glad. That's yeah. great. You're Go on to the next one. It's yeah, I, w-
0: I watched the next generation through p- the pandemic twice. okay, which at and this point in time I was like, okay, that's enough.
1: Yeah, the first two seasons are tough to get through, so i'm I'm very proud of you for even endeavoring that. that's that's some guts.
0: I mean sometimes I think for someone like me who is sort of professionally watches media with a critical eye, those first two seasons are actually fantastic for me. Because if you want things that you can laugh about, well, well yeah, you're just like, yeah, oh,
1: okay, 100%. <laughs> okay. So then that's perfect.
0: Yeah. You're just like, oh, this is, this is weird. This, this whole existence of the Ferengi. This is a problem, right? This is problematic, yeah. but we're just going to keep moving them forward.
1: But I'm glad to be a part of this universe. Now it means everything to me. I mean, Star Wars was a dream come true. This is an equally dream come true in a, in a
0: different way. It's like you have this hit list that you keep it, you know, and kill Bill when she's like crossing off all the people. That, yeah. It's like you've got Star Wars out of the way. Like, that's I so. I got
1: this league out of the way. I yeah. Fireman, that's great. And just just keep checking those things off.
0: What what one character. Is like the character that you either have enjoyed the most or or you want to write so bad, like if you could get if you get a standalone script on any series where you get to focus on just one character.
1: Oh boy. Is- I mean, you know, Picard was, Jean-Luc Picard would have been, you know, I'm, I wasn't on that part, but, uh, of the Star Trek franchise, but I think that would have been huge for me to, for the TNG, the TNG crew would have been a definite dream come true. Luke Skywalker would have been another, but I did that. So that's great. Um, that was checked off. Uh, Batman's another one. Um, yeah, but off the top of my head, in, in, in terms of Star Trek, it would be Jean-Luc. But in terms of everyone, I mean, Indiana Jones would be another one as
0: well. Yeah, Indiana Jones, someone you'd like to take a swipe at, huh? absolutely. Indiana Jones is, I think, a very unique character's existence because the amount of stuff out there is so, it's very limited.
1: It is very limited.
0: You know, we have uh, four movies, two great. We have, uh, you know, a, a series that didn't really take off you know, with the young Indiana Jones and and like some young adult books that had come out and then a couple of relatively weak comic books, weak in reception at least.
1: Well, I technically can check off slightly Indiana Jones because I did do some development uh, right before the pandemic started on an Indiana Jones property. It didn't end up going, but I was in a room and we sat and we talked about, like we did all the stuff. So that was a dream come true, even though it didn't get to screen in any way.
0: I talk about this. I've discussed this on the show before, but, you know, I think a lot of people don't know how even with successful people, Mm -hmm. the success you see is roughly 10% of the endeavors gone out and that's with successful people that there is 90% of this is failed projects and meetings that went nowhere. Um, Or you sold
1: something and it didn't end up getting to screen. Yeah. That's happened twice, so
0: you've sold two things that just never made it up there
1: yeah it didn't get past development that is that all the time
0: There's really
1: people. oh yeah tons of people it's yeah you I, and you celebrate that i celebrate it because look you got there
0: yeah you at least sold it
1: exactly and that, that doesn't always happen so it's it's the little successes i try to
0: appreciate I, but, I, yeah i i i do yeah, like that that did happen with me where, you know, I had that project a few years ago that everyone was like, oh, congratulations, I'm so happy. And, and I kind of like leaned into that, like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, things are going great. And then after a while, you realize this thing isn't taking off and you're like, man, I got to not accept these congratulations until the thing is actually made. But well, the process itself.
1: That's, that's how I feel, because I, at first, when I sold, first sold my thing, I did not celebrate it until it was too late and then i didn't get to celebrate that process at all so it was like i couldn't i i didn't enjoy any of it i didn't i I didn't enjoy i enjoyed it by myself within my like secret world and it didn't end up going so it's like just you sold it enjoy that you know it might not go but that's not the point that's and i i've felt so much better ever since
0: yeah you are, I'm 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 a bit pivoting around a lot, but you are interesting to me. And and when I say that, I'm I'm not mincing words. I think you might be one of the most interesting people I know. Um you have this interesting air to you where you are a hyper nerd. I oh, am. Yeah. You, you're a hyper nerd. And uh we we've talked about this before. You 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 are a bit of an athlete, you are an archer. Yes. Which I think yeah. is really. I know you're saying just a little, but that's really cool. You're a musician. Yeah. You, what do you play?
1: Um, uh, guitar, bass, piano, strings, things, things that are strings, string, string like, things, string things, I you, in a band, yes.
0: you, went to school, you were going to learn how to do, um, music for, for film, Film right?
1: scoring is what I originally wanted to go to USC for, but I ended up pivoting to film production, but yes, I thought I was going to be a composer. Um, so yeah, no, it's in my blood.
0: You, so, so there's that you, you, you are an archer. You are a musician. You are a cartoon writer. Uh, you do not look like any of those things. You are, and again, this is, it's uncomfortable to say out loud, but you're stunningly pretty. Um, you're incredibly brilliant. You bring so much weird to the table. Yeah, that it's like you're one of those people that when I when I know even knowing you and knowing what you do, I always wonder where you find the time.
1: It's I have I found the time less and less over the years, as, as especially since the pandemic. Uh, actually, that's not true. The year of the pandemic, I found the time. But in terms of like energy, that's definitely gotten a little lower as I've gotten older. But I don't want to let those things go. So if I can keep up here and there where I can. I tried
0: because we we both talk about, talked about going to conventions, yeah, early in the day, and it was not what they are now.
1: No, I remember just being able to walk on a floor.
0: <laughs> what was your What was your Do you remember the first convention that you went to?
1: Yeah, New York Comic Con, nineteen ninety four, maybe. Oh, or 90, yeah. So I, it was. I had gotten my first. First, i got the batman final page you know we've talked about that batman uh, harley quinn from the uh, comic book but mm-hmm. i got the um page and like it's now worth i'm sure a, a boatload but i got it for 75 bucks no one was there it wasn't like there were barely women i mean there weren't tons of women back then they just didn't i, I was one of the few and of course mm-hmm like you said i didn't kind of fit the look of that so it was it was a very used to get a lot more looks back then and i'm not talking about leering they looked terrified they they looked at you like why are you here like well, like what do you want like what what's happening it was it was interesting luckily i actually didn't very get very like whistle i didn't get any of that stuff luckily
0: you got uh, the fear like, which is I, better
1: yeah, i got they got the fear it was really weird
0: i would say too yeah that like it was one of those times where back in the day, conventions were a lot more sort of basement like you go, you you're buying comics or you're meeting yeah. a couple artists, but it's not a big thing anymore.
1: And, and you used to be able to just be on a line and go see a panel and like, yeah. you just or walk in and sit. And I, you know, you got to see like Star Trek people that, you know, or like Xena or friggin' there's a million, like it, you just could do that back then. And it's, after two thousand seven, two thousand ten, like it changed in the two thousand tens completely.
0: Yeah, I think they, I think it was the Twilight effect. Ironically, that I um, thought
1: it was the Iron Man effect too. Once like that kind of hit, the whole Marvel world started coming in, and that whole
0: it certainly did.
1: Yeah,
0: Th- that that world of of you know, it's funny because we also talk we talk a lot about like how the superhero fatigue in films. Yeah, and people are just like, are are people are people over it yet? And I'm sitting there and I'm like, no, you don't understand what it was like to have to convince my dad to bring me to the first showing of Tank Girl.
1: Yes. Because that's
0: all we had.
1: That's all we had. I mean, Batman 89 was a huge thing for a lot of us because that's what we had. I mean, we and then we had sort of Dick Tracy and like, you know, we.
0: I bought, (laughs) I bought a Dick Tracy premiere shirt. Oh, at a you. flea market. I was very excited to get it. It was like my size, you know, because uh, yeah. it was like a large, but from 1990. And a 1990 large is like not the same as a now large. Correct. It is so long. <laughs> it's like a night shirt for me. And I was <laughs> Fred, so a, bummed.
1: And you're 100 feet tall.
0: Yeah, it's, it's the longest shirt I've ever seen. And <laughs> I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do with it because I like the shirt, but it looks ridiculous. Re- Ridiculous on me.
1: I think you just have to wear it around the house.
0: I mean, that's it's not even comfortable though.
1: Oh, you can cut it, you can make it into a cutoff. That feels like that feels
0: like a sin <laughs> to destroy something. Like, I mean, you've seen it's my collectible keep- world,
1: yes, but it is also a sin to keep it hidden in a closet
0: i know i don't know like i should i should i find somebody that wants it like i feel like i should find somebody you're
1: that nine thousand feet tall i just keep raising your height yeah you're but you are like six five like who who are you going I'm to not find that tall. i'm how tall are you five six two it looks
0: six four six three and a half six four
1: okay oh six okay i try
0: i don't i don't add inches that's not <laughs> the way you know, i do you, things you
1: i don't know who you're gonna find to that. i'm sorry i think you're stuck
0: I think a heavier person, it would fit better. I think they might fill the shirt out better.
1: Oh, I see. Why, why, okay, got
0: it. You know, like it's one of those things where maybe me, because I'm, I'm now this sort of like I have a, a a mild sort of bean poleness.
1: Yes, you you have a svelte now. You are svelte.
0: I I I did the weight loss, which is great, but now a lot of my clothes don't fit.
1: You have sveltified.
0: Yeah, I called it the leanening.
1: The leanening. I love that because I've I- never
0: really been lean.
1: Well, I, I'm outening because as, as you also probably know, I'm a cook. And so I like to cook fabulous things and fabulous things cost calories.
0: Your Instagram <laughs> is just a mix of just geeky shit and then food porn. Um, <laughs> and I cannot stress enough that everybody should follow Jen and, and we will talk more about that in a second. Oh. Um, because that's great, but I I do, I want to talk more about sort of the writing. One of the things that I'm not a hundred percent sure of with like definition is the because you said like my episode of Vox Machina is out here and I'm like, well, what, aren't they all your episode?
1: Well, yes, I mean, I'm a co-producer on that and I did touch all the episodes and I did punch up things and I, I was, you know, I was involved through them, but in terms of on the singular writer who as a, the writer credit on that specific episode that's me so, uh, 105 of so Fox
0: i don't know like i if i don't know i'm gonna guess that most people listening don't know about like what a writer's room is and like okay. the amount of feedback versus getting a writer's credit on something like how does that work and especially for something like this where people have already sort of pre-written their characters well,
1: I mean, the, the, you know, I think, I think, I think some of them did end up writing a little bit. I, I don't remember. I'll see how that ends up turning out. But the writers' room is a group of writers that get together. We break the show. We break the story. We um, go through the arc of how many episodes there are. And sometimes, you know, there are shows where sometimes you're not guaranteed a script, especially in live action versus animation. You some are you just just help out on the series and some you are assigned. Sometimes you get paid for that script. Sometimes you don't, it all depends, but the writers can get together and, um, it's, it could be as small as three people or as big as 11 people. I mean, that's pretty rare these days.
0: Is it how much of, of this part of the job would be political? Uh, like how much of this would be getting a specific episode? Like, are you given an episode because you drew a number out of a hat? Like your episode uh, is episode five. How did you th- get episode five? Did, did think, you want been,
1: it? Yeah. Well, I I think I've been very lucky in most of my rooms, which is which ones do you gravitate towards? Sometimes some of us in the room gravitates towards a certain episode. Some, you know, I I've never had a fight over an episode before. So I think, In good rooms, it's either you're either signed because you're really good at a specific part of something or you've pitched it. I mean, especially in in live action, they do that a lot where you've pitched the episode and it's it's your episode. But some it's just gravitating towards it. Some is timing or or scheduling or, oh my God, I'm out of town this month can like Maybe I switch episodes with you or something like that. That has happened. So in in animation, I think it's definitely been very fluid in the rooms I've been in.
0: So an episode, like even though you're all given an individual episode, you do have to wait until the episode before that is finished before you can start the next one? Or would you outline it first?
1: I mean, sometimes there is overlap when it comes to outlining. Absolutely. Um, There's usually crossover i mean they're they're usually um what is it not it's not toggled it's staggered i guess or what have you Mm -hmm. um yeah so it definitely helps especially in very arc i mean in really one-off comedy stuff it's it's much less that but in terms of anything binge bingeable or arc wise
0: and it seems like this is one of those like really huge deals like this show in a way is almost a bigger deal for, for like, so, not society, because <laughs> come on, but like for the world, like this show is almost a bigger deal than something like S- S- Forces of Destiny, which is the biggest property in the world. Right. Because it's this upstart, weird historically weird, like the story of, of the success of, of Vox Machina.
1: Right. It's very unique. Absolutely. 100%. So,
0: so then to move forward and to be this thing, like, did you find like a heavy amount of pressure there or was it because you were surrounded by so many people that were like, we got this.
1: I think there wasn't pressure there because this is, this was the first time, you know, that the group had been doing something in this endeavor. I mean, there's, I think the the, the pandemic made it, more more pressure it just delayed things so that was kind of stressful it was like oh god you know we want to hit things for the fans and the kickstarter you know we we wanted delivery dates for certain things but you know obviously they're very understanding and things couldn't happen but um I, i think it is such a worldwide phenomenon it's really interesting that some people don't know what it is and then some group that absolutely does and they fill stadiums of freaking people to watch this stuff like it's and i think it being on Amazon will make a significant difference, and i I'd be curious by the end of the series, which the first season should be done by mid february because they're dropping them three at a time mm. I'd be curious how how it how it changes and how many more fans come in
0: that that is interesting too yeah and it is also i personally i'm not going to really share my opinions on what platforms do what i think amazon prime as a as a streaming platform is the only thing i don't abjectly hate about that (laughs) company i'm not going to ask you to make a comment on that for obvious reasons but i
1: know how you feel absolutely
0: um one of the things about animation that has been really spreading like wildfire lately i don't know how comfortable it's hard to to discuss this uh, aspect of it but is the money specifically because You know, I'm friends with a lot of animation writers and uh, a a few of them, especially people like Joey Clift uh, have been sharing about the animation guild really pushing for sort of equity in the style of animation of writing. Like you're writing in animation versus writing in live action. There's not really a difference.
1: There isn't. No. And and I think people are starting to I think live action writers in the past few years have started to come over to animation and they're going, oh, my God, what? what is this? Why are you getting, why are we getting paid so less? This is, and and I think it's finally hitting. I have been yelling about it for 10 years, Mm -hmm. if not more. So I don't mind talking about it at all because I've screamed and yelled about it. I've tried to convince runners to go to the WGA and get WGA prices because it is writing is writing. And there's two unions. One is the WGA writers guild of america and one is the animation guild which back in the freaking 30s i think we fell under and the writers fell under that for a multitude of reasons and it is way (laughs) probably
0: none of them good i'm gonna guess
1: well i mean and there was art it was art-based stuff and there are there are issues there's legitimate issues in terms of storyboard artists who also write there's complications there but in general just on paper writers We got into this different union. The studios are now used to those very low prices. We get probably like one third of what
0: See, that's what I was going to ask if there was if if, like what the difference was per per episode, like on average, like and I I don't really know what.
1: Let me just say this. I would have been able to pay off my house. 10 years ago had I been getting animation money because I've been do- I mean get live action money because I've been doing this for since for t- almost 20 years now my 20th anniversary in this business is like in two months it, and it's it's significant and I did just do a new Marvel live action ooh. Um, yes in 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 the fall and hopefully I can talk about that at some point too yeah that
0: seems like a very NDA situation where I,
1: an NDA'd situation. I,
0: you know I I don't know even how much I can ask you have a show not that came out in the fall, so you're not talking a Hawkeye.
1: No, 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 I I wrote on
0: it. Okay, so you wrote, wrote on, it on it during it. the fall.
1: Yes, during actually, while being on Star Trek Prodigy, I was really grateful. I got a hiatus on one and got to go to the other, and then came back to Star Trek. But I was the first time I had. I mean, I already I I have always known the difference. I just felt it significantly. You saw it. I got the pay, and then I went. And it is it is criminal. It is absolutely criminal. How low compared to a weekly rate weekly yeah. pay 40 hour a week weekly kind of pay and script fees or it's astronomically different i
0: always remember you drive by like certain areas in la and be like yeah that house right there the guy wrote uh, three episodes of cheers yep and he bought we that house no
1: residuals. we get no residuals i mean we get three times less that if you do the math on that like i mean I don't even know what the minimums are right now for animation. I think it's like 7,000 or something. Anyway, minimums in live action are three times that much. And that is wild. A weekly rate is three times. It's like yeah, so Literally it, the it, same work. Yeah, especially now, because especially all these IPs, especially DC and Marvel and all these worlds are, have crossed over completely um and it's not ever since spider-verse came out i think that's when people like this should win the oscar i'm like are you guys ready to treat animation like a real thing it's 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 a medium it's not you know it's 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 a media yeah it's it's, how you do it it's not a different genre completely it's it's it's
0: yeah what was the last i think the last animated movie to be nominated for an oscar was maybe beauty and the beast like that just goes to show you like how or maybe maybe Toy Story 3.
1: I mean, but, I think a lot of the Pixar stuff has, and that's yeah. a whole different animal. But in terms of, there, I think it has really helped for live action WGA writers to come over to animation and go, this is not cool. It, I know it, there's nothing much they can do for us. Um, they can stay in sol- solidarity with us. But the Animation Guild right now is fighting for a new deal because it's time.
0: It is it is about time. and And, you know, it's not like companies are going broke here. You're not. It's not like we're going to be like, we have to protect Disney. Like they're doing fine.
1: There's a disparity and I'm glad I'm not alone in it now because I felt very alone and very frustrated by myself for years. And now there's at least a voice.
0: Another thing you had mentioned, and it's very interesting because this is something I'm going to talk about that we've talked about privately or that you've said you've you've talked about it publicly, too, but. Something that you and I have discussed privately, uh, and and that really comes down to something that you just mentioned, which is live action writers deciding to come into animation. You have Mm -hmm. told me in the past how the gatekeeping of live action writing is, is, is very firm and that animation writers were rarely allowed an opportunity to even try to write live action.
1: Yeah, the points did not transfer. I always said that way. They just I'm because I was running stuff in animation, I and I would have to start at the beginning in, in live action. The the points just did not transfer. Now luckily I'm at the at a point where I've been co-producer on a bunch of stuff. So going into this Marvel thing, I actually was a quite mid-level writer. So I'm very grateful for that. But it took it took pushing that door and beating the hell out of it. Like talk about Kill Bill trying to get out of the coffin. Yeah. Well, my knuckles are bloody.
0: Yeah. How did you, how'd you get the, the live, the Marvel? Like, was it like an audition process? It did somebody? My,
1: it was my, it was my sample. It was my management and my agents. Um, I, I my management E3 is amazing and that support and, the, and, but you have to have the right sample. And I happened to have written something that helps on this marble property that um I had a very grounded sample that they liked and it made a difference. Also my credits over the years. I mean I have legit high IP credits and 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 I think animation and live action in terms of IP is starting to meld. Like it's it's starting to matter to
0: they're like look we're animating this out of this show anyway. It doesn't matter it's mostly that's
1: a lot of it too. I mean I mean Prodigy shots are gorgeous. Prodigy is live action gorgeous. in yeah. space. It's a ship. Of course, it's always been either a model or now CG.
0: Yeah, Prodigy is just like, what if Guardians of the Galaxy, the characters were also all animated and not just half of the characters were animated?
1: Yeah, we have the original characters from the original Star Trek stuff.
0: The When they called the Lion King live action, the new one that came out. And I'm like, that is a fully animated movie.
1: Right, right. It's 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 such a weird... It's, that's a, it's a very weird part of the business. And also it's getting, it's getting blurrier and blurrier.
0: I think too, that there are people that are calling uh, attention to that almost indirectly. I think Favreau is a good example of that by mm-hmm. doing something like, you know, like the lion King mm-hmm. or because he did the lion King, right? I think Favreau did the lion King. Did he
1: do um, book, Jungle Book?
0: He did do the Jungle Book, which, okay. which by the way, is by far my favorite one of those movies. Of, right, right. Of and the, Now, I
1: mean look you're right but like special what's the difference between special effects at that point or animation at that
0: point well I like yeah because Favreau did do the Lion King in 20 the 2019 Lion King which is I think uh, maybe maybe I'm guessing that locations might not have been the same but like that is a fully animated movie
1: the creatures right I mean the, yeah. the animals yeah
0: and now um pulling Filoni uh Dave Filoni into live action right. with I the mean, Mandalorian that, Book of Boba great. Fett
1: yeah. And I mean, he started under George and I worked with him and which is why I even knew about forces of destiny in star Wars. And he is absolutely able to direct and he's brilliant because he's an artist and he's no storyboards and he knows storytelling and look how good that translates.
0: Right. Here's a, a fun thing. I don't know if you know this, but, uh, Jeff has cool friends. That's the name of the, that's the name of the show. I also have cool producers. Uh, one of the things is if you head on over to the show, if you are listening to, on the Patreon, Hey, thank you. I appreciate you keeping me alive. That's fun, right? Uh, and one of the things you can do is if you pay $10 a month, which is a tiny bump uh, in the regular price, um, you can get me to say your name as a big thank you to all these producers. So Jen, I'm going to thank some producers. Yes, please. We can talk about their names. We okay. can have fun with them because some of them are really fun. For example, thank you to Big Booty Boy for 2069.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Hell yeah. You're going to get a lot of uh, comments about me not liking sports, by the way. We can discuss it later. The most well-prepared dead guy. (laughs) Shout out to jumping rope. Still a sport. Jeff not liking it. Still a fact. That's wrong. That's wrong. Uh, I love jumping rope.
1: This, this, I,
0: I'm going to sit all day and listen to these names. Go ahead. Uh, okay. Uh, big, bad, bollock shout out to Jennifer Fenderlander shout out to at AV foundry shout out to Patrick door shout out to Bart Fartigan. a cooler, Steven, apparently Huey nerd numbers, Magnolia frosty. Oh, wow. That's one that's going to get, that's going to get bleeped out on the, uh, free episode. <laughs> yeah shout out to andrew i put producer on my resume mcguire shout out to uh my good friend parker Aylesworth. shout out to three jacob trembley's in a trench coat sneaking into an r-rated movie
1: amazing
0: have you been to a movie lately
1: no i have not since before the pandemic i know
0: fair that's fair you don't have to
1: feel weird about that that, i know Yeah. yeah i
0: think i'm gonna see jackass
1: <laughs> what?
0: I think I'm gonna see Jackass. You know oh, God, those movies are just so good.
1: Oh dear lord.
0: They're so fun and they're just good bros doing bro stuff. Anyway. Names. Shout out to Where's Clawful? Uh nice shout out to my favorite Masters of the Universe character. Shout out to Cronenberger Meister Meisterberger. Shout out to, it was me, Jeff. I've been giving you $10 a month since the beginning so you could afford more gas station Pop-Tarts, keeping you sluggish, just slow enough for me to steal Christmas.
1: <laughs> Boy, they know you.
0: They, they really do. Yeah, shout, out the to, shout out to Tony Stewart. Killed the guy is a t-shirt you should make for remarkably cheap on the internet. I don't know if you know this, but uh, NASCAR driver Tony Stewart killed the guy. Oh dear. Yeah, well, that will happen. Uh, shout out to L actually pays $13.46 a month, Celdo, oh. So he's going more than 10, but he's above and beyond.
1: And specifics. I love specifics.
0: Or they. I don't, I don't know. Uh, shout out to Aaron Meyer. Shout out to Jolly Buckaroo and the last Yeehaw. You're a big Buckaroo Bonsai fan, right?
1: Huge Buckaroo Bonsai fan. Someone fabulous gave me an amazing Buckaroo Bonsai gift. <laughs>
0: oh, what? Uh, Get out of yeah, town. Yeah,
1: it was amazing. I'm going to I haven't posted about it, but I think I will now.
0: So I you're allowed to do that. One of the things that I I lean into is I think I'm a pretty good gift giver.
1: You're an amazing gift giver. Also, you gave me an amazing He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special like fully framed artwork, which was in freaking credible. I'm going to have to post about that.
0: That I believe was a Dave Perillo piece. Another one of my very cool friends too. Might
1: have even been signed.
0: Uh, most definitely was. Okay. Thank you to the ghost of Dave Thomas. Thanks to Bruce made Terry fight Superman before he gave him karate lessons. I don't know if you remember that. You're actually, one of your writing partners is Terry.
1: Running partners. One of your
0: writing partners is Terry from Batman Beyond. Is Will Fradel.
1: Oh my! Oh! Okay, oh my God! Okay, you had a Will. I was like, "What is yeah. happening?" You're like, was... "Yes,
0: my friend Will." I'm like, "Yeah, you know Terry." And you're like, "He's a human being, a fully realized human."
1: I was that. Just you just threw me, but yes.
0: Yeah. Enough, but yes. One of the one of the threads that you'll notice here is that a lot of people like to reference my other shows. OK, because, you know, between this and Tom and Jeff watch Batman, uh, you don't even like sports, unpopular opinion. There's a lot of like through lines in here. Oh, so if you don't listen to any of those shows and you don't understand the producer names, that's fine. Because, you know, this is the producer names, this, this is you
1: just a callback. Call it's good.
0: just a series of inside jokes.
1: I love well, I, I'm all about that.
0: Uh, I would like to thank the digital Phil. Uh, I'd like to thank my name is Jeff May and this is not a Patreon name. <laughs> this is a truthful consa- confession that I do not like sports.
1: <laughs> that made you read that. Didn't they? Bastards. Ugh. Uh,
0: shout out to Silius Ruby, Jessica Robertson, Lisa Harden, uh, who you've met Lisa before. She's my co-producer, hey, hey, yes. yeah. uh, and one of my BFFs, uh, who's the master show sure enough. Kelly says, get your booster, you gaslighting dip turds. There's nothing, there's nothing more that I could ask for. Uh, Children love the meat Millie. Hey, can I borrow your copy of the Iron Giant? Taurus Bulba. At ZTP Whiskey, uh, whiskey with an E, uh, EY, uh, on Instagram. Shout out to Burrito Mouth. Definitely shout out to Burrito Mouth. Shout out to Norm from Cheers. I'm going to give an extra special shout out to Norm from Cheers because he goes through and finds all of the curses in every episode and lets me know. Nice. So we can beep them out nice and easy. Shout out to (laughs) Lemming Malloy. Uh, Jeff has candy in his pockets. Not always true, but often true.
1: Often and sometimes it's probably sticky.
0: Well, it's in the pockets. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of loose chocolate running around in those pockets. (laughs) Uh shout out to Instagram and Twitters at Bob underscore of underscore skull. Again, that's the smartest thing you can do is just promote your own on, on this. Uh shout out to Mackenzie Sisyphus may be happy, but he's into CrossFit, so f him. Chill. <laughs> I'm never gonna have a history podcast, you little. Shit, so stop asking. Oh uh, I, they they just want that. Uh this episode again brought to you by the scene and Meet Joe Black where Brad Pitt dies. This show brought to you by ooh, two doctors in a row: Doctor Video and Doctor DNA. Shout out to Just Pivo. Shout out to Lisa McCarty at Comics with an X, Book Girl with a U. Shout out to Mike Gouts. Shout out to Cody Beck. Shout out to Mister Billy Beck. Can you believe a married couple and they each individually donate? Isn't that kind?
1: That is super duper kind. I, and I, there should be more couples that way.
0: There should be. I'll
1: call them power couples.
0: Yeah, this is like a. It's like a. It's like a digital throuple. That I'm uh, in here with them.
1: You know what? That's fair. Yeah. And also probably very sexy.
0: Uh, <laughs> Steven, there can be only one. I would like to add that there are two people named Steven that are having a war in the in the God. producer doc that I have. God, there God. is a Steven, uh, a cooler Steven, and then a, a Highlander-esque. There can be only one Steven. So.
1: Look what you started.
0: I don't mind it. I don't mind Steve beef. Uh, shout out to the Earl of Slander kimball the casual frankenstein i would be like i guess a frankenstein wearing just like a t-shirt and jean shorts as opposed to like that suit that frankenstein oh, wears.
1: he's not in sandals i'm okay
0: that's fair well what about in like august
1: <sighs> you're, we, you're one of the very few people who can pull off sandals mr may
0: we live in a brutal climate in the summer
1: know. you know what that's fair but you have you have fabulous pedicure so i'm sure it's okay
0: i do all right i don't know how i got away with not having hideous feet
1: i know Weird.
0: Like all these other dudes I graduated with, like their toenails are all weird. And I'm like, I, they're like, what do you do? I'm like, literally nothing. <laughs> I wash them. Is that? And I clip my toenails sometimes. That's it. Is that all I needed to have yeah. pretty ass feet? Yeah. I'll take it. Uh, shout out to Asking7, Tyler Wilgis. Shout out to Jeff using deep blue sea memes to break bad news. I definitely did that to break the news of Betty White's death to some I people on Instagram. That's a deep
1: cut, Jeff made deep cut.
0: they they, those happen gray man of the nightmare potluck everyone is welcome at the table show me in the rules where it says a dog can't play basketball shout out to funky J, fartholomew martinez the fartiest of marty's shout out to jared ruan i always feel like i'm gonna get his name wrong i always feel bad kool-aid molotov is ready for the revolution rad mummy says don't be a dick shout out to goji shout out to jeff hates competitive fun also known as sports, I guess. And uh, and of course, uh, finally, shout out to Rudy, jerks hate cool films, Rueda. Again, if you want me to say your name or pretty much talk on myself or you want to be named uh, another Steven, all you got to do is go to patreon.com slash Jeff May and sign up for the $10 producer tier. There's still a few slots left uh, and I will say your name and then me and the wonderfully talented Jen Miro uh, or somebody of uh, similar uh, guested quality will uh, reference them.
1: That was a blast, man. I could just do that all day. I'm not going
0: to lie. I got to be honest. I don't mind people creating content for me. It's so great. Um, You have created uh, something very interesting in a very unique way. Um, One of the things that you were working on and was in the process of being produced was Primer. Yeah, Primer. Now, we have a very interesting backstory to Primer in that it is a graphic novel a young adult graphic novel mm-hmm. created by you and Tom Krajewski. Yes. You two are a writing team for this uh, book We're as well. Not. You are also divorced. Yes. Amicably.
1: Amicably. Isn't that funny?
0: That is in, it's wild to me.
1: That's another, I guess that could add to my quality of cooking, archery, stable divorcee. <laughs> um you know functioning I'm,
0: I'm I'm only the archery part of that <laughs> That's all I know how to do is the archery part
1: Yeah so I'm really lucky I'm really lucky that it
0: worked out Primer was this unbelievable hit for DC
1: Yeah yeah it um it kind of took off and it's really really special
0: You think it kind of took <laughs> off
1: but you know what? It, it's, it was in during the pandemic. It landed June twenty third, twenty twenty. So we mm-hmm. didn't get to do any of the cons. We didn't get to do any of the book signings. So I think honestly, it would have been even bigger. I'm not going to lie about that. You, right you're there. not
0: wrong. Um, yeah,
1: Made
0: a, this book sold out almost immediately out of its first print. Yeah, it is now currently, I believe, in its sixth printing.
1: Sixth, I think. We're probably heading towards seventh printing. Yeah, it's we're, crazy. A
0: seventh printing of a of a digest sized. Yep. unique character not tied into the rest of the DC universe until November of 2021
1: officially before she was always a new character in the DC universe yes. but yes,
0: and we didn't know if she was going to be we didn't know if she was actually officially in this DC universe the, it, not, it right? was a kind of a standalone story
1: mm-hmm.
0: now Teen Titans Academy number eight mm-hmm. comes out in the regular DC universe, the mainstream DC universe, and who do we see? Mm-hmm. But we see Primer, and then another character. I believe her name is—is is it Whisper? Whistler. Whistler. Uh, ooh, that's my bad. Uh, we see these two characters from the very popular DC young adult graphic novels.
1: And yes, and that's dissipated now. But I'm glad we got we we um, we we survived the dissipation of that
0: of the of the YA. Yeah, I uh, mean I don't
1: think it's out. I don't think they're doing much as far as I know right now.
0: Yeah, I mean who I mean publication is strange and DC has it's certainly scary. gone through yeah, a yeah. lot here. But two questions. One, what did it feel like to have that book out? Something that's like a tangible cuz you've done animation, but you can't hold a cartoon. Yeah, like
1: my name's on the cover. It's really yeah. weird to like have that and and we, we, our, our, our artist, Gretel, is amazing. She really helped this book come to life. And I think it was the combo of our comedy background, our sci-fi, our sci-fi fantasy action background, and this amazing artist. And it just turned into this fantastic thing. It's pretty cool to hold something. Yeah.
0: It's- the book has incredible energy. Uh, I, I had it pre-ordered at my comic shop. Uh, I read it. Uh, I devoured it. It was. It's really great. It's Kids
1: seem to be devouring it too, which I'm thrilled.
0: It also has a lot of very dark scenes. It does. I mean, there's a scene where you know her father is getting arrested, and there's a struggle for a gun. Yeah. In that, I mean, it it covers that darkness. So, the feeling of holding that book, mm-hmm. like what what is that like?
1: It's even weirder to sign it. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's weird to like people want like as a writer. I mean, I never asked for autographs before it's a really strange thing for me mm-hmm. so to hold it and have a name and sign things and also open the open like into the middle of the book and there's this one image of primer in it like a, she's in this crazy blue wig and I, I i almost i cried like the first time i saw it because in the book physically because it it reminded me of x-men in the 90s and and, and image comics and J. scott campbell and all those books i used to collect back then and how I used to look at other people's artwork like that. And I was looking at mine and ours. It was, it was an amazing, crazy feeling. It was, it was trippy. It was trippy. It's like, it was the, I did it. It's that I, I point to the Clark Griswold Christmas vacation at the end where he looks at the moon. He's like, I did it. Yeah. And I feel that way with a lot of these things. And that was one of,
0: you want to know something really funny. I just watched that movie like last week.
1: Of course. Christmas is all year for you. It's It's great.
0: It's kind, kind of, I guess.
1: I mean, that's one, but that's my favorite. That's probably one of my top three favorite Christmas movies. So yes. And that's a great moment. And I always, I always point to that, but that's how it felt. Yeah. It was really cool.
0: Um, What did it feel like finding out that your character was then being implemented into the mainstream DC universe?
1: It was interesting. Cause uh, Tim Sheridan, who's a friend of mine, who I wrote on justice league action with um, it was right in the book. And, and, and it was sort of like, kind of like, can we do this? Is this cool? Can we do this? I'm like, yeah, let's do this. And so they did it and it was like, but I I but it was a wild it was a while before. Like it it you know, this stuff Yeah, that's
0: several months before the book gets published. And then yeah.
1: seeing it, I think it didn't it didn't hit me the depth of what it meant. I still think it doesn't because I always I think it, maybe as a as a mom of primer, I always kind of pictured her as a new character in the DC universe. Cause that's what she was. She was brand yeah. new and she's real and she was part of it. But I guess there's a legitimacy now that's even a bigger, wider thing that, that everyone else feels that way too. So I'm like, yay. great!
0: Yeah. that now it's, it's officially happened.
1: Yeah. It's really cool. It, it's, it's especially with the teen Titans. I mean, come on, like that's perfect for her.
0: When I saw that happen. Cause I have the book, I, I have a copy of the book, obviously. Yeah. Um, but when I saw that happen, I was like, it was a real, Oh, moment um,
1: i mean for yeah
0: and i didn't know if you had it the same way i did where i was like the implications of this are huge
1: I, for me it was less and it didn't dawn on me compared to like you guys and i'm kind of it's okay that's okay i think it's just
0: i yeah. think i think what that does though because that what the implications are for me seeing that immediately is the implications are that means that the opportunities for animation live action like like all of these things are now much more fully realized because there are live action shows in the dc world uh you know there are shows like titans and and doom patrol doom patrol by the way one of my favorite shows on tv
1: i mean and and there's some really good stuff and and primer is perfect for obviously she's perfect for animation but i think also live action i think that's as a as a strong younger female role uh i think that'd be really cool and there's so many outlets these days look at hbo max look at them in the cw there's there's lots of places so i i think that would be great
0: and i think they've done a great job of no like of 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 making television in all worlds that appeal to everyone yes which is something that you didn't really get before like not I see this a lot with uh He-Man right now. There's a big schism uh in the He-Man world where people are mad that Kevin Smith wrote a He-Man story that also allowed a woman to grow because there's Well, a...
1: well that's always, you know how that yeah. that, that part of the fandom's never going to go away.
0: And right now because there there's um they're releasing these um the the He-Man the Origins the toys, the action figures, and they're implementing a character named Sunman that was created by a black, uh, a black woman to give her children a positive black toy role model to give, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that's a great idea. And Mattel is embracing that. And I see people that are just like, oh, we're just gonna add black. And it's like, dude, like there's like one black person in all of He-Man. Right. Like, like people are mad that only 99% of things are made for them now.
1: yeah. It's
0: of now I'm seeing things like, you know, uh, Batgirl or excuse me, Batwoman, the Batgirl movie that's coming out. Right. Uh, we see, uh, Naomi is, is being released. You, yeah. you saw Supergirl. These are a lot of things that give young women a great opportunity to see how they can shine.
1: I had very few, I had wonder. Wo- I had the r- original wonder woman. I'm really grateful. I had that, mm. you know, with Linda Carter and, and then, I was older at that point but Zena, and then even older than that was buffy so i had a few but not like it is now I mean, all not-
0: very important for me for totally <laughs> different reasons
1: uh well yeah <clears throat> yeah <laughs> that's a whole other thing.
0: i mean yeah, what yeah. i'm not gonna i'm not supposed to exist now yeah you're, you're trying sure. to censor me
1: uh she they're all hot hello true. which is why i am that hot
0: that must so, be yeah, it
1: that's the influence.
0: Well, you do have that sort of one, the Wonder Woman and Buffy and, and you have all those, those vibes with, uh,
1: well, they, their were influences on many ways. And by the way, also influences of my Halloween costumes all, over the years. I mean, look at Psylocke when we were, uh,
0: we did when we, my, my rookie, my rookie appearance, uh, with Sideshow was you and I appearing, um, as and Wolverine and Psylocke. Yeah, that was pretty fun. That was a great day. That was really fun. It yeah. was especially because they gave us free shit and then I got a, sm- a mild career opportunity out of it. You did. So all in all, that's a, a big victory. We're very
1: lucky. We're both very lucky people. I mean, yeah. in
0: general. I would I loved and I may have talked about this before, but the comments on that show were all about how they didn't want to see me, <laughs> which was very funny.
1: Well, I mean, we were cut to other costumed women. And so that
0: was, yeah, crazy. it was like you and Susan and me. And it, there's like these two very hot chicks and then this douchebag. And I'm just like, hey, please stop showing Wolverine, please. I'm Wolverine. And they're like, F- this guy. Why does he get to sit near ladies? Well, you
1: know, we, we can't always have the magic of Halloween
0: everywhere. Yeah. Sorry. You know, it's really funny is I was, uh, I was watching something on YouTube and, uh, a commercial of me showed up as one of the ads. <laughs> yeah. I was like watching something and then it was, I was just like, cause I don't pay attention when the ads come on and go, Hey everybody, Jeff may here. And I'm, and I'm just like, excuse me. And i like, looked up a very strange thing to see.
1: That's kind of awesome. It's funny. It, it's kind of fun when your friends do voiceover for commercials and you're like, wait, I know that voice. And like, oh,
0: yeah. Which voiceover? one is that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's really
0: fun. I definitely, I think I did a joke where I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I am going to want to skip this ad YouTube. Oh no. It's a joke. Everybody thinks that I have like a, like a hair across my ass about it, but it's not the case. I like talking about it because it's a good, well, it's, it's funny too, but it's also like, and I've, I think i may have mentioned this on a different show. Um, but like, I like using the fact that my, what felt like one of my biggest failures was actually my biggest step to success.
1: Uh, yeah absolutely i mean it's all part of it i mean i have that too
0: yeah my divorce was the same way
1: yeah it changed me it changed me significantly i would not be the person i am now even though that was
0: only a few years ago yeah people because i was only married for a year and a half okay and people are just like oh you you pull it you know it's a little bit much isn't i'm like yeah but we're failing hard and it's not going to change i can make my life better Or I can just uh, die unhappy like all of our grandparents did.
1: Well, unfortunately for me, my divorce was official right two months before the pandemic started. And I didn't kind of get to be out in the world. So it's been in a unique, interesting, like long, one long day since then. Um, And it has definitely changed me. And even if you were only a year, it definitely changed the hell out of you.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I decided within a year of that to retire and move across the country and Mm -hmm. and switch career paths that wouldn't have happened yeah you know it's the same way like getting 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 let go from a company that wasn't going to do much to push me forward for their own reasons i'm not a toy i don't make i'm not they can't make me and then profit three hundred thousand dollars off of it it's just not the case um so yeah it makes sense and I was always like, yeah, but it's, it's my failure that I then turned into creating something for myself. And, and that's so,
1: often the case.
0: And so I do think it's important that we talk about that. Yeah. Um, you know, but there is that. Uh, you are, uh, it turns out, uh, an absolute delight.
1: Oh, thanks. I'm <laughs> glad that turned out that way.
0: <laughs> it's everything. Yeah. Pre-divorce, post-divorce, oh, you yes. have remained absolute uh, top of the game uh we are going to talk a little bit more uh in some bonus content on the patreon but before that uh we are going to say goodbye to all the free listeners but bef- before we say goodbye to that before that before that mm. what are some of the things that we want people to to watch what are the things that we want people to see right now what should we be watching to support jennifer muro
1: oh well i mean the legend of vox machina on amazon which is uh it's just dropping now and it's dropping all the way through the end of February. That would be fantastic. Star Trek prodigy. I mean, my episodes won't be for a very long time, but you know, I'm super proud of what our room is doing, what they're doing, what they did that previous season. Um, so that's on, uh, Star Trek prodigy is on paramount plus and the first 10 are, uh, dropped. And then the second half of this season will be coming down the road this year. And, Um, Those are the two out right now, um, and then I'll come on in the future for other stuff. But I'm on Twitter, and you can just keep up there.
0: You can. You can follow Jen on Instagram, at official Jennifer Muro. Is that right? Yeah, it is right. And then you are at Jennifer Muro, and that's uh, J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-M-U-R-O on Twitter. You added an accent over the O.
1: Yeah, my... um, I had found out that my, when my father's side came to this country, they took the, they took the accent off. And it was always, it, yeah. it was interesting because there was a Spanish, the Spanish yeah. part of that. And so. I had no idea. And I kind of was like, you know what, put
0: it back. So everybody follow Jennifer Muro. Muro. Oh, yeah. Hey. Oh. Uh on Twitter as well. Um, just such a, a brilliant and wonderful uh follow. Uh again, we have a little bit more coming over on the Patreon. And if you want to hear that, head on over to patreon.com slash Jeff May to give that a listen. You can also check out other shows like Ugh Fine with Kim crawl, which is the monthly show I do on that Patreon, as well as more coming. Don't forget to check out Tom and Jeff Watch Batman on the Gamefully Unemployed Network, as well as You Don't Even Like Sports and Unpopular Opinion, both on the Unpopped Network. Uh, Jen, thank you so much for hanging out with me.
1: Always. This is always fun. And I have missed this, so
0: thank you. I have missed this, too. All right, let's on, go over to do some bonus content. Hey, everyone. Our artwork is created by Justin T. Brown, who can be found at Artness by Justin Brown on Instagram, as well as Artness by Justin That dope music you heard is by Troy Nabobon, available at Troy Nabobon on Instagram as well as at TroyNabobon.com. Nabobon Nabobon is spelled N-A-B-A-B-A-N, and boy, does that shred. Thank you all so much for listening. See you next time.